The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. Stoner Jesus Show Live. As you know, Halloween is almost upon us, and we here at the Stern Jesus Show, we absolutely love Halloween. It's just it's a wonderful holiday, and we like to bring you a lot of tips for Halloween, and who knows more about Halloween or the things you should do to celebrate Halloween than our very own St. Peter? I don't know. I don't know of anyone who knows more or who is better prepared yeah. to coherently That's right, Jesus. transmit these ideas you yeah. to you word then st peter yeah i think that's the best intro for this shit i've ever done peter was it was it a list what the hell yeah. is this shit yeah homemade halloween treats that's right it says here these would be uh halloween tweet treats i guess that you would uh give out to the children yeah that's right who were trick-or-treating yep yep, yep. oh that sounds that sounds good i've not seen this list yet yeah. For some reason you thought it would be better not to show it to me. Don't so worry fine, about it. I don't care. Don't worry about it, Jesus. I don't care if I'm surprised. I don't care what you say. As a matter of fact, just give us your list of homemade Halloween treats for the listeners. Yeah, Hit it, jackass. Well, don't. First of all, don't call me jackass, yeah, 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 yeah. asshole. Let's go. Anyway, uh, you can uh, you get a big ball of Easter candy, like leftover Easter candy, and you leave it sit in your car for like months and months, and then mm. uh, you get it out of your car. And it's all like melted together or whatnot, and it's called an Easter ball. Sounds Easter ball for key uh, for Halloween. Sounds disgusting. No, it's good. It's that good. sounds awful. As I'm sure all of these are disgusting. Man, hit me with the next one, yo. Oh, anyway, you get a line of Coke and, and a Red Bull, and it's called a heart blowjob. Coke and Red Bull. It's called a heart blowjob. Jesus, what are you looking at me that for? No, I, I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? It's a blowjob for the heart. It's Coke and Red Bull. Oh, like a cocaine. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Come on. Okay, man. Come whatever. on. Go on. Oh, yeah, okay, you can uh, get a crucifix, and you just shove it down in a jar of peanut butter, and then you can, like, tell the kids to, uh, you know, find Jesus. Here's your peanut butter, find Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I get what? it. I get it. You know, Peter, what, what, what? you know very well, Peter, what? that I don't like talking about crucifixes oh, or crosses you or things of that nature. It gives me the willies. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Crosses are I don't awesome. want to talk about it. Like, we like crosses and crucifixes. Shut up, Jesus. man. God Shut up. It. Stop awesome. it. Stop oh, it. I'll turn off your fucking microphone, yo. You fucking pussy. I'll turn off your microphone. Crosses and crucifixes. She gives me chills. Stop it, motherfucker. Crucifixes Move on to the next crosses. one. Crosses. Oh, anyway. Dumbass. Um, man, don't fucking... I'll punch you. Don't I'll fucking punch, punch me, dude. I'll straight up punch you, son. Hey, don't, don't fuck with me. me. Crosses. Don't fuck with me. the hell does that mean? Fucking idiot. I was, was going to say, don't fucks with me. It was sounding much more authoritative. Not really. Never mind. Just fucking go, man. You got me all discombobulated over here now. You're weirding me out. Just stop it and just fucking go. Discombobulate. Oh, anyway, uh, we got a. You can make a hollow cake in the shape of a penis and call it a Halloween. Ah. Halloween. That was, that was actually pretty funny. Penis cake. Okay, you may have redeemed yourself a little bit, Peter. All right. We got. Uh, we got any more? Yeah, one more. Uh, we got a. You get a, a starburst and put some MDMA in it, and you call it CeeLo Peeps. CeeLo no. Peeps. Okay, that was not bad either. Yeah. Very uh, pop culture. He tried to drug that current girl. event uh, a reference with uh, with with Molly. Way to go, Peter. Okay, 
Just don't. Just you know, don't fuck. Don't fucking talk about the crosses, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't. Just don't. Fucking, don't fucking. Just wake don't. Up, man. You know that pisses me off. Don't fucking wake up, man. Calm down. I had a very exper- a bad experience once with a cross, and I don't want to relive those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Jesus Christ on a fucking God cross. God damn. God damn is right. Anyway. That was St. Peter's list of homemade Halloween treats. You can make them all yourself, I guess, with uh, yeah. different homemade items or things good. you can purchase. It was good. And then put them in something else in your home, I'm guessing. It's, uh, it's good enough. Close enough, Jesus. Anyway, go go, yeah. d- go, do all those things. Fuck it. Just yeah. fuck it. Just, just go do all of those things. They all sound great. Do it. Hand them out to the kids. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. Don't we live in a wonderful world? It's a wonderful world to me. St. Peter on here giving advice to people. What's that supposed to mean? Come on. Come on. Come on what? Peter, you're... Am I, I'm what? What am I? Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to get into it. Come on. I don't want to get into it. Pussy. More comedy and music. Fucking pussy. Coming up. Make sure you're safe on Halloween, bitches. Stern and Jesus Show Live. We'll be back. Pussy. Oh. This is kind of cool. You can put your weed in there. Stone is cheese and cheese. Oh, check this out. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can put your weed in there. This is the Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. It's my Greg, you're a prune tang. If I can use a medical term. Man, oh, man. You're gay. There's no facts in the, in the church. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. Yes, indeed. The words, they are my shit. Welcome, everybody. Standard Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 11. Recording the podcast on September 23rd, 2017. Those of you listening on audio, the audio podcast for free, welcome. We'll be on stonerjesus.net or cannabisradio.com or on many other platforms, including Stitcher and iTunes. Search Stoner Jesus on any of those platforms. If you're watching the video version of the show, hello. It means you're a patron. On patreon.com slash stonerjesus420, get the video version of the show if you don't have it. Five bucks a month, get all the chapter and verse, full shows, video, audio, the whole nine yards. Do the split screens and play the videos. You can see everything and watch everything along with us. Plus, you see how cool I look. My backwards hat today. That's right. Thugging. Thugging hard. (laughs) See, that's the kind of shit you're missing. If you want the video version of the show, support the show. Only five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash GeneralJesus420. And this is chapter 1, verse 11. We've attempted to do chapter 1, verse 11 a few nights ago. Long story short, here was my idea. I was going to broadcast the first segment. We have three segments each show now. I was going to broadcast the first segment on uh, on Periscope, as well as record it like I'm doing now. Broadcast it live on Periscope. And after the first segment, cut the Periscope off and do the last two segments of the show for the video patrons, for the free audio people, all of that. I did all that. Our show was great. One of the best shows ever. I find out when I go to check the recording that whenever I start the recording, because you have to start the recording first. Then when I streamed to Periscope using Periscope Producer, the recording cut off. It didn't tell me it cut off. It's doing what it's doing right now. It's saying it's recording. It's got the timer going, all that shit. 
So what I found out is that I had six seconds. I had a six-second video. So if you want to go to Periscope of Stern Jesus 420, you can see the first segment. You'll hear the St. Peter Halloween trees thing again. Sorry about that, but, you know, Halloween's coming up, and I wanted to the, to get out to the, the audio listeners, so I played it again. I'm going to play St. Peter's voicemail again, too. You can see it in that in that uh, Periscope video up at Stern Jesus 420. I've also been playing clips of the show, clips that I've posted on Facebook. Now I'm streaming them on Periscope as well. You can go check those out. I'm getting into the technology thing. I'm become a hardcore technology nerd. As opposed to being nerds of other sorts, types, or whatever. In any case, it did not go well. If you want to see the first segment, go check it up on Periscope. The last two segments, I did them. No one will ever hear them or see them because they weren't recorded. Some of it was about healthcare. I'm going to do a little bit more, something different about healthcare a little bit later. We're going to have weed news in this show, which we didn't do last show. I hate doing things over again. I'm not going to do it over again. It's just gone. It's it. Never to be seen again. Just like the uh, St. Patrick's Day Massacre. Long-time listeners of the show know what that was. There's 12 hours of audio gone. I didn't save it. Nobody has a recording of it. I, I, fucking, I highly doubt anybody has a recording of it. Let's put it that way. It's gone. It's just gone. I did it. It's gone. So here I am again. Hopefully this is recording or I don't know what I'm going to do. It's fucked. But I'm doing this the exact same way I did the first 10 shows we did this way. So this should work. And I have streamed before and recorded. I did it on Facebook, though. Maybe you can't do that on Periscope. Maybe if you cut off the Periscope stream, it well, that wouldn't make any sense because it, you know, it stopped recording when I started the Periscope stream. So I guess it don't work at the same as Facebook. I really like the idea. The idea I had to do that with Periscope because we get a lot of interaction on Periscope. We get a lot of viewers. Unlike YouTube or Facebook. Facebook, I mean, we have like a couple hundred subscribers on YouTube, so that's obvious why. But Facebook... We have over 15,000, and I can get more people on Periscope in 10 minutes than I can if I do a fucking two-hour show on Facebook and leave the video up for a week. It still won't have as many views among the 15,000-plus on Facebook as it will among the 2,300 or so we have on Periscope. I understand that Twitter has a lot to do with that, but Twitter, I mean, Twitter doesn't bump up the YouTube things when I post it on Twitter, so... I don't know, maybe it's the combination of Periscope and Twitter, where you just watch it right on Twitter. I don't know. The point is, I want to do, I want to use that idea for Periscope. That's where it would work best, because that would get the live interaction for the first the first segment. People will see the first segment, they're like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, if they like what they hear about what's coming up in the next couple segments, then go check it out, get the video, listen to the free audio, whatever. It just didn't work. I'll try to figure it out, but for now, we'll do it this way. i record... Post the audio, post the video for patrons, cut out video clips, and uh, post them on Facebook and Periscope as a promotion for the show. We'll go from there. As I said, later in this show, weed news, and we'll talk some about healthcare, low politics, because, you know, it's it's a weird time. It's a weird time. If you've been watching what's going on with Trump and, and Steph Curry and Kaepernick and Twitter, it's a weird fucking time. I, every single day I wake up to people losing their shit over something Trump said or tweeted, or both. Absolutely, person after person, celebrities, regular people, all of them, losing their shit. And then there would be a few people, you know, sprinkling in saying, yeah, go Trump. But it's most people losing their shit. 
Like, I can't believe he fucking did that. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's the worst motherfucking thing that anybody's ever done ever and ever in the fucking history of the world. I land somewhere in the middle. Trump's a fucking narcissist. He, he's unaware, as I've said many times before, of what he does not know, which is dangerous for somebody with that much power. I disagree with a lot of his ideas uh, on, in many, many areas. But the abject hysteria that people put into everything he does just dilutes it. It dilutes it and it distracts from the very real things. It's like people, like the boy who cried wolf, but in one day he cried wolf 20 times and the wolf came six or seven. Imagine day after day after day of that. It's the same. It works the same. And if you don't know the, the story of the boy who cried wolf, God, where the fuck have you been? Are you kidding me? Everybody knows that story. Literally everybody. Literally everybody knows that story. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Speaking of what the fuck are you doing, St. Peter did leave us a voicemail updating us on what he's uh, got going on. If you watched the Periscope video, then you know. You've heard it. Those of you who did not watch the Periscope video at Stern Jesus 420, when we attempted to do this show a few nights ago, and you get to hear it again, because it's very important. St. Peter's met him a woman. It's all romance is in the air. So uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's really good shit. I can't say that with a straight face. It's not really good shit, but it is St. Peter. Hey Jesus, it's me, Peter. Uh, I want to call and leave you a voicemail. Let you know I've uh, been a little snag in my plans of coming back to the studio. I've made a little stop, a little stopover. I think this is Tennessee. I'm not sure. I really haven't been paying attention. I uh, hooked up with this chick. Uh, this chick, uh, a, we'll call her uh, Jane. Oh, fuck, that's a real name. Uh, we'll call her Betty. So anyway, me and J- uh, Betty. Uh, Betty, we like shacked up, man. She's living in like a, like a nursing home. It's a pretty cool setup. You know, she's got like a button, like if you need a nurse or whatever. And a lot of drugs, man. She's got a lot of the, like the best drugs. Like great, just terrific drugs. Jesus, you wouldn't. I mean, I'm amazed at myself, and you know, I take a lot of drugs, but man, she's got a lot of great drugs. I mean, just, there really aren't any words to describe how great and, uh, you know, uh, uh, numerous uh, these drugs are. I know the jokes are coming, Jesus, you know, she's like old and whatever, and uh, she's going to break her hip or, or whatnot. Well, first of all, I have you know uh, that she's like, like only 74, uh, she hasn't been in the nursing home for that long, and also uh, she has two titanium hips I mean I can just pound that shit all night Jesus and then she really barely even feel it in fact she told me so she's like I mean she says that so much she's like I can barely feel anything when you're pounding <laughs> me I can barely feel anything you know there's some good hips anyway Jesus uh, I'm gonna like stay here for a while see where this goes you know I'll leave you voicemails or whatever give you updates because I know you're like you're waiting to for like me to get back there to the studio and start doing bits and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I got a good thing with uh, oh god, what I say her name was. It's not Jane. It's definitely not Jane. It's something else, you know, to protect her identity or whatnot. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Jesus, I'll uh, I'll check in with you and like give you updates or or whatever with me and uh, oh whatever I said her name was before. That's not Jane. This is something else. So uh, you know, yeah, go uh, go. Go, go think about that, Jesus. Uh, and, uh, yeah, fuck you, you know. So there you go. That's St. Peter, what he's up to. 
his uh, shenanigans with him and uh, not Jane in Tennessee somewhere in a nursing home. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yes, if you're listening, I'm I'm waiting with beta breath for you to get back here to do dumb lesson shit. Fucking stupid poems. That's what the show's missing. <laughs> More St. Peter. That's the that's the problem. There's not enough St. Peter. By the way, if you want to interact with the show, I should do that up front, but I forgot. At Stern Jesus 420 on Twitter. Stoner Jesus 420 Gmail. Uh, that's the email address. We're on Facebook as well. Search Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook to uh, join our hardcore uh, group for the show. All the hardcore fans. They chill out there. Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook. I see we got some weed news coming up. Can not fix that either? Had to add. Damn it. I know I was forgetting something. Anyway, I'll take care of it. You guys don't worry about it. Stoner Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 11, free audio, of course, on stonerjesus.net. If you want the video version of the show, go to patreon.com slash stonerjesus420. Only five bucks a month, get all the chapter and verse versions of the show. Help me spread the truth about cannabis through comedy. Yo, we'll be back. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Have you heard of GreenGondetox.com? A team of pharmacists has collaborated for over two years to create a new solution for your cannabis detox needs. The only product designed by pharmacists to specifically support the elimination of cannabis metabolites found in urine. The product is called GreenGond, and our results have been absolutely incredible. All detox kits come with a money-back guarantee and free shipping. Get clean, get Green Gone. That's GreenGondetox.com. Use the discount code TRYIT to get 20% off your entire order. That's TRYIT, all one word. Still not convinced? How about free overnight shipping when you spend $60 or more? That's GreenGondetox.com for your marijuana detox needs. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The Stoner Jesus Show is brought to you in part by Hemptations.com and PlanetEverywhere.com. They got a lot of awesome stuff for you to check out. But don't just take my word for it. Let Beach, the owner of Hemptations, 
Tell you all about it. It's a very large selection of hemp goods, everything from reusable coffee filters to frisbees, bandanas, everything planted everywhere on the site is made in Cincinnati, Ohio, made locally. We also have other retail products from our cosmetics, uh, earthly body product, bags on the retail site. You know, Again, uh, anybody local in Cincinnati can go to hemptations.com and get the info on the stores. Planted everywhere is our .com is our retail site. You can hit me up on Hemptation Beach or like my Facebook page, Hemptations or Hemptations 2. I'm on Twitter, Google, <laughs> I'm on the internet everywhere just like everyone. Um, you know, we love to hear from people all over the world, positive things about industrial hemp. That's what I do. That's what we do. Largest selection of industrial hemp on the planet in the stores. And I'd like to grow that inventory to be able to say that I haven't actually checked out all the other hemp retail spots to see if we have the largest amount on our planet everywhere. But uh, it's a it's a fair it's a fair selection. And as Beach always says, having temptations. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about Queen City Hemp. Support for the Stoner Jesus Show comes from Queen City Hemp, a full-spectrum high CBD oil with no artificial ingredients. That's what you can find there. It's available in tinctures, vapey liquids, and topical salves across the Midwest. Many retailers find your alternative with Queen City Hemp. For more information, including third-party test results for every batch, go to queencityhemp.com or simply click that Queen City Hemp banner on stonerjesus.net. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com it's time to Hemp Reset. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Reset, only on Cannabis Radio. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Now, here's cannabis news coverage you can count on. From the Stunner Jesus Show's Cannabis Radio Newsroom, inside the rectory, this is Weed News. Hell yeah, it's Weed News, Stunner Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 11, September 23rd, 2017. We get our Weed News. From Cannabis Tweets on Twitter, that's Cannabis Tweets with a Z, and also from stories I write for the Marijuana Times, that's Marijuana Times 
Org. Go check those out. Of course, as always, there's a lot of stuff going on in the uh, cannabis community. We bring it all to you, as they say. Stories from Leafly.com. Cannabis jobs count. Legal marijuana supports 149,304 Americans. And I know what you're saying, but it's really specific and really precise. Well, it's, you know, it's an, it's an amalgamation, it's an estimate, whatever. When asked that question, uh, the question, how many jobs are supported by legal cannabis, last year nobody could tell us. The few estimates we found, this is the people at Leafly, seemed untethered to any actual sales figures because of the Schedule One status of cannabis. State and federal labor, labor statis- statisticians, boy, it's rough. State and federal labor statisticians had no way to count the jobs. So Leafly set about to find the number themselves. Last year they found 122,814 jobs relied on the legal status of cannabis in America. Uh, this year they found that number was 149,304. That's an increase of 22% in one year. Uh, according to their estimates or whatever, uh, in 12 months the legal cannabis industry added over 26,000 jobs to the nation's workforce. They come about these numbers by digging into the work of leading cannabis economists. Uh, they devised a method that roughly translated annual jobs into full-time equivalent jobs. And there's a link on Leafly if you want to go find a ex- full explanation of the method if you're into that sort of thing. Of course, not every job in the industry is a full-time gig. Uh, so these figures are FTE jobs. It was two and a half, t- two half-time jobs equals one FTE. Also, it's worth knowing that these are jobs supported by legal cannabis. Not everyone who uh, every one of these jobs touches the plants it includes lawyers who advise business owners, electricians who consult on grow operations, hydroponic farming supply houses, insurance brokers, software developers, realtors who specialize in commercial real estate. The list goes on. So you can see why it's an estimate, obviously. But the important point is this. Those who support legalization for many, many years have been saying, of which I am one, have been saying it's going to add a lot of jobs. Obviously, if you take a product that already has a, a great demand among people, among the populace, millions and millions of stoners everywhere, bring that out of the, of the of the black market and into the light of truth and legality or whatever, it's going to create a lot of jobs. Uh, and it's a continued selling point. And cannabis jobs uh, is broken down by state also in this Leafly uh, piece. You can see right there. If you have the video version of the show, which you can find, of course, on patreon.com slash stonerjesus420. Uh, they have the adult use states, medical cannabis states, like over 26,000 uh, jobs in Washington State, 47,000 in California, which is about ready to become a lot more. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of jobs in California alone. Oregon, a little over 10,000. Colorado, almost 27,000. On and on. And as I said, down into the medical states, 12,000 jobs in Michigan. Over a thousand in Mexico, over a thousand in New York State. They go into the breakdown of the sales and all that stuff. It's a really good piece up on Leafly. Uh, just go to Leafly.com, search cannabis jobs count, or find the link up on cannabis tweets on the Twitter. Let's go over to marijuanatimes.org, who I write for. Story out of Massachusetts. Massachusetts voters approve of legalization, but they're afraid f- officials will screw it up. There's a poll commissioned by the Boston Herald. 63% of those polled, it was uh, 600 registered voters earlier in September, 63% said they support marijuana legalization, while only 34% said 
that they are opposed. Among the people who voted to legalize marijuana last year, 95% of them say they would do it again. But here's the thing. The same people they've polled, 42% said they're not confident that the state can safely and fairly regulate legal sales. In other words, they approve of legalization, but they think the state government of Massachusetts is going to fuck it up for various reasons. One of those reasons is there's already been delays. The start of retail sales has already been delayed uh, six months. A lot of things have been changed from the original bill altered by the Massachusetts state legislator, the legislature. Uh, 82% of voters, for instance, think cities and towns should be able to decide whether marijuana sales are allowed locally. Under the original measure, uh, if your town wanted to enact a moratorium on retail sales, you have to vote on a referendum. The people would. That was changed by the state legislature to say that just like the city council or local officials can make that decision, 82% of people in Massachusetts disagree with that, but they did it anyway. Add that to the fact that five, uh, four of the five people appointed to the new Cannabis Control Commission were against the legalization measure that was passed last year. So now they're in charge. Four of the five are against it. So you add all that up, plus they raised taxes above what the, the measure called for. People just don't – people don't trust that the state government is going to do it and do it well and do it fairly and in any kind of timely manner because they've already showed they're not going to. One of the first things they did when there was hardly anybody there over the holiday break, right after the measure passed last year, a handful of legislators decided, well, no, we're not going to do January 2018 for uh, for the start of sales. We're going to push it to July of 2018. So that's what they did. As I said, they've altered the measure in many areas. And people know that. And as I said so many times, I'm going to keep saying it because it cannot be said enough. Yes, people who, who favor prohibition, they are our enemies in this. But so are the people, many of the people who are in charge of implementing these measures after they are passed. Once legalization is passed, that's not the end of the road. We're going to have to keep fighting to improve the legalization because restrictions, regulations, rules, taxes, they're all going to be piled on top. We have to fight through all that shit to get any kind of decent legislation or legalization. We can't just sit back and say, well, now that's uh, that's good. It's better than prohibition, so this is what we're going to settle for. We can't settle. I'm going to be here fighting long after legalization is supposedly a done deal to make it better. And hopefully you all will too. I'll be here. Doing it to it, as the kids say. You can go check that, out, check that story out on... Uh, MarijuanaTimes.org, as I said. A lot of other stories up there. Uh, what the Justice Department number two had to say about marijuana legalization. Uh, but I want to talk about this one. It's from PhoenixNewTimes.com. Arizona DCS to medical marijuana patients. We don't want you as a foster parent. Uh, it's a rather long story. But basically, anyone in Arizona who's a medical marijuana patient and has medical marijuana, they don't, they're not welcome as a foster parent. Even though, according to the State Department of Child Services, there's more than 18,000 children in out-of-home placements last year with about 6,500 with licensed foster parents and another 7,500 in kinship placements. The Arizona Children's Association says there is a, quote, critical need end quote, for more foster parents. This woman who's a lawyer, uh, she got a medical marijuana license 
for her child, which she never ended up using, or using it for a little bit, but it didn't work. So they stopped using it. They told her she couldn't have a foster kid, or bring in a foster kid, because uh, of the medical marijuana. And like I said, the story is just a whole long thing about it. But um, the DCS, uh, on September 7th, they updated their policy regarding medical marijuana and foster care licensing. And that was the day that the New Times contacted the agency about it. DCS spokesman Darren Duranco said the agency has had an anti-marijuana policy in place since 2011 that prohibits it from issuing foster care licenses to anyone who uses or possesses marijuana. Duranco said the DCS does not ban prospective foster care parents who have state-issued medical marijuana cards, just the parents who actually use or possess medical marijuana and its extracts. So in a time when uh, foster kids need foster parents, if your foster parent has a prescription or you drink a lot of alcohol, that's not going to automatically disqualify you from getting one of these kids. But if you're a lawyer or someone, anyone really, who has a medical, a state legal medical marijuana card, and you use or possess medical marijuana legally in your state, now, you know, go away. Go away. You get no kids today. Or ever. Other stories up on Cannabis Tweets that you can check out. On-demand cannabis, California becoming a hotspot for weed delivery and e-commerce. It's the wave of the future, weed delivery. Ordering off an app or, uh, or a website or, or whatever. Much as it is the future of everything else. Uh, there's also a video up here that we can check out. Uh, parents explain why they smoke weed. Let me uh, bring up the audio for those of you chilling with the audio version. If I smoke weed when I'm a teenager, what do you think? Uh, this is from Cut on YouTube. You can search YouTube. Parents explain why they smoke weed. Um... Well, I can't be a hypocrite because I smoked when I was a teenager, but I hope that you don't follow my steps. And <laughs> what? That's problem number one. No matter what the fuck you did as a teenager, it doesn't matter. You can't say, oh, well, I fucking knocked over a liquor store, you know, when I was a kid, so I really can't bam out that too much. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah, you can. Don't knock over a fucking liquor store, you dumb kids. Do you know what we're here to talk about? Mm, not so much. Not really. Do you know what drugs are? Yeah. <laughs> the kid's got a look on his face like he knows what drugs are and he likes them. It's a bad thing for people to have. It's a bad thing for people to have. Um, Some drugs can be very bad if you ah. don't need to take them and you do, or if you take too much of them. They can do bad stuff when they do that. They get in fights a lot. They can go to jail. Some of them can really hurt your body. So we have to be real careful what drugs we use and when we use them. What drugs do you know about? <laughs> it's okay, you can say it. What drug is that? I want to try some of... Weed. Have you heard of marijuana? Weed. Marijuana? Or, or what some people call weed? Pot. Ganja. Mary Jane. The Chiba. No, it's a it's a big plant that they grow. That kid don't know about weed, fucking square. <laughs> and they roll it in like a little cigarette, a little green. I think stuff. I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. Have you ever seen people smoking? Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> when it was a winter time, and it was so cold, 
you saw someone smoking in the winter time? Mm -hmm. What did you think about that? That it was very cool. You thought it was very cool? Mm -hmm. Just like it was just so much smoke. Yeah, that kid knows. He saw someone smoking some weed. He's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, son. Do you do it? No. I do. <laughs> I've actually tried it, you know, probably four or five times over the last a day. Several years. Marijuana. <laughs> that okay? No. You been holding out on me, Mom? You been blazing up and didn't tell me? Oh. Why did you do it? I wanted to feel a little different. Sort of like having a glass of wine. Why do people have a glass of wine after dinner? I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes life gets stressful, right? Mm. Sometimes we all have a hard time. When I get up in the morning, I feel this panic sometimes. Like, oh, you felt that feeling before, right? You get like that nervousness. And um, when I smoke, it helps me calm down and be like, oh, okay, I can think about my day and like figure it out. Not everybody uh, who uses marijuana smokes it. Some people eat it. Do you eat this plant? Sometimes I eat this plant, yeah. Does it taste yummy? Well, the plant doesn't taste yummy, but sometimes, um, you know, you mix it with other things to make it taste better. <laughs> How does it make you feel? More relaxed. You just you're like mellow. <laughs> and you want to have some Doritos. Sometimes it makes me hungry. That's a good explanation. Makes you mellow and you want Doritos. The plant makes you hungry. How can a plant make you hungry? Well, to be honest. How can a plant make you hungry? He's trying to explain it to you, kid. Just shut up for a minute. Honest with you, I don't really know why it makes you hungry. Do I seem oh, different? Good answer. Different when I've been smoking? I don't think so because you've been smoking a lot. <laughs> Hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you. <laughs> makes me what? Trippy. Trippy. <laughs> like your vision trippy. Like when you wave your hand, it kills like it. It goes like an echo. Like you see the hand, like. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. No, never experienced that. Yeah, it doesn't do that. It doesn't affect my vision at all. <laughs> Is it fun? Yeah, we had a... Damn right. We had a good time. Recently, I was with a couple of friends, and we... Went to a fish concert, fucking blaze mass dubs. It was great. Great night. Smoked a little and chatted, and and we had a had a nice time. You were in trouble. Tonight's good. Abs Bitch, don't tell me what I am. I'm the parent. You're the kid. You're in trouble for saying that. What do you think of that? I'm not in trouble. You're in trouble. Absolutely not. Or when I'm maybe a teenager. No, especially not when you're a teenager. When I'm 30. Okay, when you're 30. That's mm -hmm. fair. I like that. Actually, 41. 41? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you have to be 21 legally to smoke marijuana in Washington. How about in Mexico? I'm not sure. <laughs> when did you first... What's he going to do? Go to Mexico and smoke weed? Try it. Like two years ago. I was, I think, about 14. 14? Mm hmm. I know, it's way too young. These people got some judgmental kids. Do that. <laughs> well, how, why would Grandma let you? Grandma didn't know. I was being sneaky. <laughs> what? He's mad at me because I said I smoked weed as a teenager. Now he left. When your brain is all developed, when you're an adult, it'll be okay for you to try it. For younger people with smaller bodies, using drugs is not safe or healthy. Is it healthy for you to do it? Well, it wouldn't be healthy if I did it all the time. It can make it so you never want to leave the house or never want to go to work. So you have to be careful to use it in a balanced way. 
Do you think that drugs are something you're going to do when you grow up? No. Why won't you do drugs? Why do you think that you immediately said no? Because I know it's bad. Everybody makes mistakes when they're a teenager. Everybody does. And you're going to make mistakes too. And guess what? These fucking kids are annoying. No wonder their parents smoke so much goddamn weed. Jesus Christ. The judgmental little fucks. I've never gotten this notion where... Well, we can't tell our kids not to do something if, if adults do it. Sure we can. We tell them all the time. They can't buy cigarettes. They can't buy beer. They can't go to war. They can't vote on anything. They can't sign a contract or give any kind of consent legally. We tell fucking kids all the time, no, adults do that. You can't do that. Anyway, go to break. Go check out our sponsors on stonerjesus.net. They support us, so go support them. It's a great products, just all kinds of great shit. Just click their banners on sternjesus.net. Talking about healthcare a little bit. Coming up, this is something you need to know. I know. A lot of you saying, oh, politics. Oh, fuck. This is important. This is fucking important. Whether you uh, have healthcare insurance, you don't have healthcare insurance, you don't need healthcare insurance, you need a lot of it. It's important for everybody listening. Even people that aren't born yet, because they're going to be paying for this decades down the road. If, if people like Bernie Sanders get their way. So we'll talk about that coming up. Center Jesus Show, chapter 1, verse 11. If you want the video version of the show and you're not watching the video version of the show, you should be. You, I'm talking to you. Check out patreon.com slash sternerjesus420. That is where you can find that shit. Yo. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another great sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show, NextBardo.com. Check out that headshot banner on StonerJesus.net. They don't have just glass. They have a full line of smoking products, including wood pipes, metal pipes, roll-your-own supplies, pouches, storage, grinders, dab rigs, water pipes, vaporizers, and more. An amazing variety. Check out NextBardo.com. That's N-E-X-T-B-A-R-D-O.com. Or simply click their banner on stonerjesus.net to check them out. There's free shipping on all domestic orders over $20. And free shipping and a free gift with orders over $50. They offer worldwide shipping. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS. That's all one word. STONERJESUS. To get 10% off your first order at nextbardo.com. 21 and older, please. Click that headshot banner on stonerjesus.net. Make sure you use discount code STONERJESUS. Stoner Jesus, all one word, and get 10% off your first order at Next Bardo. Check them out, another awesome sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about Queen City Hemp. Support for the Stoner Jesus Show comes 
from Queen City Hemp, a full-spectrum high CBD oil with no artificial ingredients. That's what you can find there. It's available in tinctures, vapey liquids, and topical salves across the Midwest. Many retailers find your alternative with Queen City Hemp. For more information, including third-party test results for every batch, go to queencityhemp.com or simply click that Queen City Hemp banner on stonerjesus.net. Yo, 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 this your boy TJ, Trinidad James. You listen to Dr. Bean on Cannabis Confidential. LA, what up? Nickname James, man. I'm worried like a like. People were so excited to see you supporting our industry. And it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to. So that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Have you heard of GreenGondetox.com? A team of pharmacists has collaborated for over two years to create a new solution for your cannabis detox needs. The only product designed by pharmacists to specifically support the elimination of cannabis metabolites found in urine. The product is called Green God, and our results have been absolutely incredible. All detox kits come with a money-back guarantee and free shipping. Get clean, get Green Gone. That's GreenGondetox.com. Use the discount code TRYIT to get 20% off your entire order. That's TRYIT, all one word. Still not convinced? How about free overnight shipping when you spend $60 or more? That's GreenGondetox.com for your marijuana detox needs. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, Better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends? Identify and compare your top products and categories and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You're going to be a great granddad. Pretty cool. <laughs> Morgan is Ray Dawn's son. Uh, Morgan and his wife Tracy, they've been trying to have a baby for quite some time. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to Morgan? What? You know who the father is? <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome to my world. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody. Stern Jesus Show, Chapter 1, Verse 11. For those of you listening in the audio version on SternJesus.net or CannabisRadio.com or one of our many other platforms, welcome. If you want the video version of the show, go to Patreon.com slash StonerJesus420. Become a patron of the show, Patreon.com slash StonerJesus420. Go check that shit out. Now we're going to talk about health care. Not only are we going to talk about health care, but also supply and demand, because the two are inexorably linked. It's the first thing people don't get about healthcare. Well, many things people don't get about healthcare. That's one of them. In any case, here's where we're going to start. I have two points to make. The first one's short, and this is a, an equivalency that people, uh, something that people equate online and social media all the time. If you don't want the government to control healthcare and the healthcare industry. That does not mean you don't want people to have health care. That's where 70% of the arguments about this I see start from. For people who, who advocate for things like single-payer health care, they say, well, if you don't want single-payer health care, if you want the government to control it, that means you don't want people to have health care, you want people to die. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And if the person you're arguing with about this starts from there, they're full of shit. They're not interested in having a, de- a debate with you. They're not interested in having a discussion with you. They're interested in telling you that you want people to die if you don't want the government to take over health care. And it's bullshit. Here's the second thing that people don't understand. Now, I'm going to go into a couple articles here and some audio soon. People don't understand supply and demand and how it works in health care. People like to pretend that because health care is a quote-unquote necessity, the rules of supply and demand don't function. You've seen these people. They say, oh, well, it can't be a for-profit thing because that, that's what's making it – that's what makes it bad. That's what makes it bad. All these other countries don't have that and their healthcare is good, which we'll get into in a minute, the bullshit of that. But the reasoning uh, that they go through is, well, it's for-profit, so that makes, what makes it bad. So we can't have – we take the profit out of it. That will make it good. That's a simplistic fucking mindset of a lot of people who look at this issue. Healthcare, just like education, which some people say necessity, is a necessity. Food is definitely a necessity. Uh, clothing, shelter, all these things work in the free market. All necessities. All for-profit enterprises. And that's how we get the abundance that we get of all of those things. But somehow they say healthcare uh, doesn't work that way. They like to say education doesn't work that way either. Why? I don't know. What what exemption healthcare and education got from the, the laws of supply and demand, I don't know. Because I don't think they got any. Because they didn't. What's the problem with healthcare? It's too fucking expensive, clearly. It's too expensive. 
That is the, the sole fucking problem with healthcare. There's no real other complaints about American healthcare, but it's too much. Everything else is great. It's too much. It costs too much. There's only two ways. And again, we're throughout all this when we follow the laws of supply and demand because you have to. Again, if you're arguing with someone and they want to exempt healthcare from the laws of supply and demand, they're not coming at you from an honest place. They don't want to debate you. They want to use emotion to browbeat you into saying, yeah, everybody should have free healthcare. Here's how supply and demand works. There's only two ways to lower the price of something. You can reduce demand somehow. I don't know, incentivize people to eat better. Um, it's difficult, especially in healthcare. It's difficult. Tell people, uh, well, if it's not really bad, if you're not really sick, don't go to the doctor. It's hard in healthcare to, to, to lower that demand part. Of course, we've been subsidizing that demand for about 60 years now. We'll get into that in a minute. So what's the other way? Increase supply. Those two things or a combination of those two things, the only way to lower costs to lower prices, either reduce demand or increase supply. Making government in control of health care does neither of those things. In fact, saying everybody has free health care will do what Medicaid and Medicare and all of these other subsidies have been doing for decades now, increasing demand. You want to know why health care is so expensive? That's one side of it. We've been subsidizing the demand for health care in this country with taxpayer money for decades. Just It's the same reason uh, college tuition's way up. People have so many student loans. The government decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start subsidizing demand for college and make people, more people go to college. Costs went up. We're going to subsidize people to be able to go to the doctor and the hospital whenever they feel like it. Demand went up. Costs went up. That's how it works. Now, the other side of this equation, of course, in healthcare is supply. Now, if supply had kept pace with demand, costs wouldn't have gone up. But they have not. That's where this uh, Mises Institute article comes in. It's from 2011, but it all stands because it goes through the history of how the supply, or part of the history, there's other rules with fucking hospitals and just, I mean, it's almost impossible to get into the medical profession. Let's put it that way. Most people believe that our healthcare industry is one compromise of free markets, but it's anything but. To start with, the American Medical Association has had a government-graded monopoly on the healthcare system for over 100 years. It has intentionally restricted the number of doctors allowed to practice medicine so as to raise physician incomes artificially. The primary way it does this is by using the coercive power of the state to restrict the number of approved medical schools in operation. After the AMA created its Council of Medical Education in 1904, state medical boards complied with the AMA's recommendation to close down medical schools. Within three years, 25 schools have been shut down, and the number of students at the remaining schools was reduced by 50%. After three more years, 10 more schools were closed. Since that time, the U.S. population has increased by 284%, while the number of medical schools has declined by 26%. You're subsidizing the demand for health care while at the same time strangling the supply. And then when cost fucking goes through the roof, everybody's like, what happened? What happened? Why is everything so expensive? I don't understand. You don't understand supply and demand. You really should. I'm not being condescending. I'm not being sarcastic. If you want to know about these things and why what is happening is happening, it's a simple concept of supply and demand. In 1996, the peak year for applications only 16,500 candidates were accepted out of 47,000. While high rejection rates can be common in many schools, 
Applicants to medical schools are usually among the highest, the brightest and highest quality students and have put themselves through a very costly admission process. In other words, you might be saying to yourself, oh, well, yeah, we have to restrict the number of doctors because not everybody can be a doctor. Well, the people who go through all the fucking trouble to be a doctor, they're not some dumb-dumb who just walked off the street and said, you know what I want to do? I've been pushing carts at Target, but now I want to be a doctor. Give me a fucking stethoscope. Stat. No, the people who are attempting to become doctors are among the most qualified to be doctors. The MA also has a monopoly over the state boards which issue licenses. A physician can practice only by having a state license. Uh, licenses, of course, in general exist primarily to prevent competition. Each state has licensing boards consisting of AMA members who decide which applicants, according to them, are competent and morally fit. In other words, for years, and like I said, there's other rules where you, you have to get a hospital's permission to practice, air, uh, practice medicine in that area, and why would you... Why would they increase their own competition? There's no competition. There's no price comparison. There's nothing like that in healthcare. Supply has been restricted. Demand has been subsidized. Costs go up. That's what happened. If you want to lower cost, you have to stop. Again, stop subsidizing demand. That's not going to happen, though. The only other thing you can do is increase supply, increase competition to lower costs. It's the only thing Remaining, I know what you're saying. Oh, but this country and this country and this country does it, and this country has universal health care, and this one does, and this one does, and this one does. We're the only one that doesn't. Horse shit. We'll get into that in a couple minutes about how you know all these countries with uh, with universal health care. It's not so universal. Again, because of supply and demand. But let's move on to uh, something else from Mises and from the Mises Library. Uh, Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S. This is uh, Peter G. Klein from 2014 explained how healthcare would work if it functioned in a free market. Get the uh, sound up here. A big issue in the last few weeks in the U.S. has been Obamacare, in particular the disastrous rollout of healthcare. And again, the first little bit, the first 20 or 30 seconds or 40 or 50 or whatever, he devoted Obamacare. It was big in the news then. But what he says about the free market healthcare and how it would work, because of supply and demand again, uh, stands. Let's check out some of it. Gov, the website where consumers are supposedly able to pick out new plans on the government-sponsored insurance exchanges. Moreover, it was revealed last week that many consumers, contrary to the president's explicit statements, were going to lose the health care coverage they already had and were quite satisfied with. But I want to talk about something more fundamental about the healthcare system in the U.S. and the economics of healthcare more generally. Why are we so worried about healthcare and healthcare costs? Why does the government spend so much time trying to deal with health insurance markets much more than it spends dealing with other kinds of markets? What is unique or special about healthcare? Well, it's true that uh, in the United States, healthcare expenditures are really high. Uh, the U.S. Uh, spends more on health care per capita than many comparable countries, and the service level doesn't seem to be especially high. That's both because the prices of many health care services are higher uh, than they are around the world, and the quantity consumed by Americans is also quite high. What do we do about it? Both the president's defenders and his Republican critics all seem to agree that there is something special about health care markets, and health insurance markets, something is wrong with the health care system in the U.S., and something has to be done about it. Now, from a fundamental economics point of view, what is health care exactly? 
One of the things that's particularly frustrating for me as an economist in, th in uh, uh, thinking about healthcare and following these debates is this notion that healthcare is some kind of a, uh, is some kind of a unique good or service that everybody needs, everybody wants, but cannot be provided by the market the way the market provides shoes or tomatoes or automobiles or any other good. But what is healthcare? Nobody consumes healthcare. No one has a right to healthcare because healthcare is not a homogeneous thing. There's no such thing as one unit of healthcare. Rather, what we mean by healthcare and insurance for healthcare is a discrete set of specific commodities, goods and services that you can buy in different combinations at different levels of different quality levels. So open heart surgery is a, is a service you can purchase on the market that contributes to your health, but so is taking an aspirin. Uh, so our diet and nutrition, uh, taking a walk in the woods is good for your health. Uh, in other words, there's no such thing as healthcare. There is a heterogeneous bundle of different goods and services that different individuals will want to consume at different levels. Likewise, uh, if we say everyone has a right to housing, what does that mean exactly? It doesn't mean everybody gets a mansion in Beverly Hills or a penthouse on Fifth Avenue. No, there are lots of different kinds of housing. There's long-term, there's short-term, there's regular housing, there's vacation housing. Some people own homes and condos, other people rent, students live in dormitories, people stay in hotels, that's a kind of housing. It's a very, very, uh, there's a huge variety of different kinds of things that go into housing. And it's the same thing with healthcare. So instead of talking about a universal right to healthcare, we should be talking about the specific healthcare goods and services that individuals want to buy. Now, when we think about it this way, it becomes far from obvious that these particular kinds of goods and services, getting uh, surgery, uh, having a consultation with a physician, putting a Band-Aid on your leg, that these goods and services cannot be supplied on the market, just like any other goods and services can. Of course, I'm going to stop right here. What, what most single-payer people, when they say healthcare, they mean everything covered. No matter what it is, no matter what time it is, every single thing needs to be covered. And they forget that healthcare is not an abstract thing. It's doctors and nurses and buildings and equipment and the janitors who clean all that stuff and people who keep it sterile and nurse practitioners and, and medical billing, uh, data entry experts, all of that. All these people that have put time and money into becoming what they were and deserve compensation for that, well, when you when the market, again, back to supply and demand, when the market, when uh, the government sets a price below market value, below the equilibrium price that the market would come to, it creates shortages. Again, we'll talk about the uh, the so-called great universal health care in other countries here in a minute. But listen to uh, Peter for a couple more minutes. ...be supplied on the market. Now, among economists, uh, there's a feeling that, well, health care goods and services are different somehow because of uncertainty. The patient is not in a position to judge the quality of the surgery until after it's taken place, and the consumer simply doesn't have enough information about the characteristics of the surgeon, the quality of the procedures, and so forth. Uh, one of the most influential articles in mainstream welfare economics is on this very topic by Kenneth Arrow in 1963. Arrow argued that healthcare uh, cannot be supplied efficiently on the market because of this asymmetric information. But if you think about it, the market provides all kinds of goods and services 
where one party doesn't have as much information as the other party, right? Buying a used car, you don't know the quality of the car as the buyer as well as the seller. Firms hire workers without knowing for sure if the workers are going to turn out to be as productive, as effective in the workplace as the employer is hoping. So there's no such thing as perfectly distributed or perfectly symmetric information in any market transaction, nor does this asymmetry pose a unique problem. A competition among providers, uh, third-party intermediaries such as, such as ratings agencies and magazines and encyclopedias, warranties and guarantees and other kinds of contracts all help to protect people when they're engaged in transactions in which they don't know as much about what's being sold as the other party. So there's nothing really unique about a, a, a surgical procedure or a type of medicine or a therapeutic routine in this regard. It's just an ordinary market transaction like other ordinary market transactions. If we would just allow the free market to work, if we could eliminate the third-party payer system, the government subsidies on the expenditure side that drive prices up, there's no reason why a truly free market in healthcare goods and services couldn't be just as effective in the U.S as the market for computers, the market for software, the market for automobiles, or the market for anything else. And again, that's because you cannot, nothing that is not of unlimited use <clears throat> or unlimited supply, like obviously supply and demand doesn't work with air because air is unlimited. It's, it's in the air. You breathe it in. You don't have to buy air. It's not scarce. Things are scarce. And uh, different commodities, goods, services are not an unlimited amount. So the laws of supply and demand govern them. You can't get away from that. And the reason you can't get away from that is because when you try, we cause problems. Now, let's say <coughs> uh, a surgical procedure is $1,000. That's what it would cost if... Uh, you know, if that's what the market equilibrium is of that surgery, the thousand dollars. Yeah, there's a lot of shit popping up. Here we go. Uh, if the government says, "Well, that's going to cost you zero," <clears throat> it's going to cost you zero. The price is zero. They've capped the price below the market value. What's that cause? Shortages. You may have seen the uh, the Jimmy Kimmel speech, his back and forth about healthcare and all that shit the other night. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when he was doing his little speech, he had this to say. He said, um, I'll bring up the story for you as you listening or watching on video. Quote, somehow Japan and England and Canada and Germany, France, they all figured health care out. And don't say they have terrible health care because it's just not true. Okay. He says nothing to back that up. That they've, quote, figured health care out. And don't say they have terrible health care because it's just not true. First of all, we talked about this before. Universal health care is not universal in these countries. Why is that? Because what happens when you cap the price, price below market price? Shortages. This will happen with every good, every service, every time it happens. If a bottle of water is $2 and the government comes in and says from now on bottles of water are 50 cents, guess what's going to happen when you go to the store and look for water? There's not going to be any there. Start with Japan. McKinsey.com reported in 2009 about Japan. 
The conspicuous absence of a way to allocate medical resources, starting with doctors, in other words, prices, makes it harder and harder for patients to get the care they need when and where they need it. A vivid example, Japan's emergency rooms, which every year turn away tens of thousands who need care. So Jimmy Kimmel, Japan has it figured out. They turn away tens of thousands of people from the fucking emergency room. When's the last time you went to the emergency room in America and they told you to get lost? When does it happen? Exactly. Furthermore, the quality of care varies markedly, and many cost control measures implemented have actually damaged the system's cost effectiveness. Meanwhile, demand for care keeps rising because, of course, you know, people aren't paying for it. Japan Times added in February 2017, its rapidly aging society and shrinking, shrinking ranks of premium paying workers, coupled with the arrival of new drugs and technology fetching phenomenal prices, are putting immense strains on the systems. On the system, experts say, making its sustainability uncertain. One million patients a week cannot get appointments with general practitioners. Amid the longest waiting times on record, new figures show. Doctors said they were working flat out but under unsustainable pressure, leaving worrying numbers of patients without any help. The NSH figures show the number waiting at least a week to see their general practitioner has, raised, has risen 56% in five years, with one in five now waiting this long. In healthcare, what are how do shortages manifest themselves? And wait times. Wait times in the emergency room. Wait times to see a doctor. Wait times for a procedure. The pressures left 11.3% of patients unable to get an appointment at all. A 27% rise since 2012. They can't get an appointment with their doctor. 11% of people just can't do it. Is that universal? Is that universal? Ask the tens of thousands of people who have been not pushed away from the hospitals the emergency rooms, ask the 11% of people they can't get a fucking appointment with a doctor ever. Is it universal? Of course, we've already talked about, you know, uh, Canada has universal coverage, but 70% of Canadians carry some type of private insurance, some type of private insurance. Why would they do that if it's universal? Why would they do that if everything's covered? Because everything's not covered. Massive wait times. Same thing in England. Let's continue with uh, this. Uh, this is a dailywire.com piece. Canada, a report according to the City Journal, in 2007, said more than 1.5 million Ontarians, or 12% of that, po- that province's populations, can't find family physicians. Is that universal? If 12% of the population can't find a doctor, is that universal? According to the Ottawa Citizen in 2017, the U.S.-based Commonwealth Fund, in conjunction with the Canadian Institute of Health Information, published results of its health policy survey of adults in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, and the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and the United States. The results indicate that Canada is not just lagging, but is literally scraping the bottom when it comes to indicators of timely access to health care. Um, they're ranked worst for ability for uh, same-day or next-day appointment when sick. They're second worst in the ability to get after-hours care without resorting to the emergency department. Wait for treatment in the emergency department, Canada, worst. Wait to see a specialist, worst. Wait for elective surgery, worst. But don't tell Jimmy Kimmel that that's terrible, that they rank worse in all these fucking areas, because it's just not true. Because Jimmy Kimmel knows. Even left-wing Politico said about Germany in October 2016, drug makers are pulling diabetes drugs from Germany, blaming government-set prices that don't let them recoup their investment. A health insurance rates charged by the Krakenkassen are 14%, 14.6% plus 1.1% medium uh, supplemental premium of German of German's monthly salary. 
And lastly, in France, Bloomberg reported in 2013, the French government says the health system will fall 5.1 billion francs, I guess that is, short in 2013. 2014, a study published in Health Research Policy and Systems stated bluntly, quote, major public issues remain unresolved. These include the shortage of physicians and expensive equipment such as MRI and the unavailability of emergency services in many rural areas. None of this is universal. Single payer will not be universal in the United States because of these very problems. People will eventually be turned away from the emergency room. The time waits will get longer in the emergency rooms. The time waits to get a doctor will become longer. More and more people won't be able to find a doctor or get a doctor because people aren't going to become doctors because what's the fucking point of going to school for 10 years and doing all this other shit and the government says, well, this is what you're going to get paid. This is what you're going to get paid. doesn't matter what you do, how long you work. This is it. This is all we got. Some estimates are talking about tens of trillions of dollars for a single-payer health care system. Expanding Medicaid to everybody. Medicaid, which is fucking hemorrhaging money. Go look it up. Google. Google it. Hemorrhaging fucking money. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. I guess it doesn't pass the Jimmy Kimmel test. Well, again, only way to lower health care costs, lower demand or increased supply or a combination of the two. That's it. The laws of supply and demand cannot be repealed no matter what you think or what you feel. Yeah, I feel that everybody should have free health care. I feel that no one should ever be turned away for any reason to get their health care. But that's not the way it works. No, nothing the government does can make that so. Nothing those other governments have done, Japan or Canada, any of them. Hell, go look at Great Britain, which we already talked about then. They're the worst of all in many areas. Wait times for emergency rooms, wait times to find a doctor, to get a doctor, to see a doctor. I feel like everybody should have healthcare, but that's not the way it works. Single payer would just cause worse quality, a, mu- a massive raise in taxes for everybody, and shortages. Shortages. When you set the price below market value, you get shortages always. Just like if you set it above market value... Like if cell phones average uh, $500 and the government comes in and says, well, no, you can only uh, buy a cell phone now for $2,000. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of cell phones left over. You're going to be able to go to a store and see a big row of those $2,000 cell phones untouched. It's supply and demand. It's Again, I know it comes across as condescending when I say just fucking go read about supply and demand. But seriously, go fucking read about supply and demand. Learn about it. Then you'll know what's going on in education, healthcare, any other industry, any other good, any other service. Works the same. It's my spiel. Thanks everybody for listening. Chapter uh, chapter one, verse eleven of the Stern Jesus Show. I want to talk about Cash Me Outside Girl, but we run way long, so I'll move that to the next show because that's very important as well. Cash Me Outside Girl has um, I don't know. I, I will say this: she's capitalizing on her fifteen minutes of fame. That's for sure. A lot of people can't. But she is. As annoying as she is, she has capitalized on her 15 minutes of fame. We'll talk about that next time. SternJesus.net uh, for the show. Patreon.com slash SternJesus420 for the video version of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, who spreads the word about SternJesus.net and the show. Go check out our Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We'll see you next time that we feel like doing a show, that I feel like doing a show. I'll do one. Until then, thanks everybody for listening, and as always, peace, bitches.
free the weed. 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 Free the we